Welcome to the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience having helped hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for taking the time to join us. In this episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking with a member of our professional network, Alexandra Rigdon from Cooper Levinson Law Firm. And Alexandra focuses on family law. Thanks for joining us, Alexandra. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, as we've gotten the next couple episodes of our podcast, we've realized just how valuable it is having people like you in our network to share information that, you know, it's just not, not maybe necessarily in our expertise, but it's something people really need to know. So thanks for joining us. It's great. Well, thank you. And likewise. So one of the things I wanted to just start out with, Alexandra, is when people see family law or they see, you know, that on somebody's business card or on the tour of an attorney's office or whatever, uh, what does family law actually encompass? Well, that's a good question because I've had family members say, you know, oh, you're a divorce attorney. And I say, well, you know, I don't want to be pigeonholed like that. I mean, family law is it's divorce. It is um, post-judgment stuff, meaning people that are already divorced that are still unfortunately having issues, whether it's with alimony, child support, custody, it's uh, prenuptial agreements, grandparents, visitation, people are, who need to go to court or settle an issue that have children together, but they were never married. And they have the same types of issues, child support, custody, and then also domestic violence between people that fall into a certain relationship category is also litigated in the family court. So temporary restraining orders, final restraining orders, that is actually also family law. So family law encompasses a lot more than just divorce. What it is not is it's not wills, trust, and estates. Uh, it's not Medicare planning or I can't, I can't help your, your grandma get Medicaid. I, I can't help you get social security disability or anything like that. Those sort of sound like they might be family law because they're individuals and everything, but family law is just what I've described. Awesome. Well, that definitely helps a lot because I know one of the things that we find in any professional service, whether it's what we do, what you do, accounts, uh, anything like that, it's always sometimes hard for the the public to really discern what is these specialties and what do they actually mean? So it, it's sure. good to start with that in mind. Uh, and I know obviously- and, and the, Go ahead. Just, oh, sorry. And just so you know, I mean, even though Cooper Levinson is a full service law firm, we have something like maybe 70 attorneys. And so if somebody actually, it's great because if somebody comes to the department and they want to do a prenuptial agreement, for example, and they really need to have their estate planning documents jive with their prenup, I can refer to them to somebody in-house, or even if they just have a quick question and I can't necessarily answer it, there's usually somebody in my network that can. So even though I might not practice in a certain area of law, I like to be a resource for people, people like you guys, and also for my clients that if I can't, if I don't have the answer, I will find somebody that does. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, we found a lot of our value even just comes from having a good network of people that we could say, hey, I can 100%. take care of that question. I don't have the expertise, but let me call uh, Alexander. Exactly. Yeah, and I you got to totally know enough that. to know what you don't know, because we absolutely you know, humility goes a we, long way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, for sure. 
Awesome. Well, I know, obviously, with the world that we're living in right now, uh, people being quarantined in their homes for a while, for a long time, and 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 I'm sure that there's pieces of you know we talked about on our prep call some of the questions that people have been asking you about the increase in divorce and all that kind of stuff, and, and we really kind of want to stay away from that for this. We really want to help people who are maybe thinking that this is a road they need to take or something they need to consider just get a good idea of what is the beginning process look like? What does somebody who's thinking of going that direction, what do they need to be thinking top of mind? And so when you think of some of the steps that your clients have taken, maybe even before they, they come to talk to you, uh, what are some of those steps they take to decide that divorce is, is the right next step for them or, or the right next way to go? Well, it's kind of different for everybody. I have some people who have gone to couples counseling first before they even consider meeting with an attorney. And so they're kind of handling the emotional aspect of it that way. And then either or both people in the counseling realize there's no salvaging it. I have some people who will call me and say, I want to have a consult with you. My spouse has no idea we're meeting. Please don't send a bill to my house. Email me everything. I'm just trying to to see what my options are. And then I have other, I have other people who my spouse and I know we're done. He knows I'm meeting with an attorney or she knows, you know, they, they have their own attorney and we're ready to, we're ready to play ball. So it really kind of depends on the nature of the relationship. These are not easy decisions to make for people. And so it's, it's, um, it happens often. And I completely understand how somebody comes in for a consult, gets some information and they may never be back. Not because they didn't like me because of course, who, who wouldn't like me, but naturally, because it naturally, but because they, they, it's, it's a really big decision. I mean, it's, it's splitting up finances and children. And we're talking specifically about divorce here um, Mm -hmm. for, for what I'm referring to, but it's a big decision. So it depends on the individual, the status of the relationship and the people involved. But I, yes. I would say that once you have decided that divorce is the way to go or you want to move forward with it, get your ducks in a row. Get your documents ready. You know, Make a copy of the tax returns that you have. Unfortunately, I have a lot of people come in and it's usually not that big of an issue. We can usually get these things from the other side or the other attorney. But a lot of people, tax returns and basic financial documents, as you know, are the cornerstone of seeing what somebody's finances are, really. And a lot of times people will say, well, my spouse always handled that. I don't have access to it. Or, uh, well, I left the copy at home. Or So I would, I would encourage people to get their ducks in a row when they're meeting with somebody like me to bring, bring whatever they have that they think is relevant for me. And then I'll figure out what I really need to look at. But that I have to give the caveat that that doesn't mean that absolutely doesn't mean break into your spouse's phone, break into their email, <laughs> bust open a cabinet. Don't that's commit locked. any felonies. Yeah, right? we don't, yeah, we don't <laughs> I, I'm not encouraging anybody to do that. Don't do it. But if you have a cabinet, and you guys have a bunch of 401k statements in it, and you both have access to it, there's nothing wrong with you taking some 401k statements out, making a copy, bringing it to your lawyer, just so that your lawyer has some type of an idea. Absolutely. And I can imagine as things get down the line of the process, it might be less and less easy to get access to that information if you don't already have it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully not. There's, There's always the ability, if they're involved in a litigation and a complaint has been filed, to subpoena information like that generally, but who wants to have to do that? Especially if you really have it right at your fingertips, but some people can get sneaky and they'll say, 
I know that, you know, my spouse wants a divorce and all of a sudden the cabinet with all the documents is gone and they put it in a storage unit or they're driving around in it with the, in their car. And this is, I mean, this is not, I don't want anybody to think that this is necessarily par for the course, but it does happen. So sure. it's good to have your emotional and um, documentary ducks in a row, if you will, to the extent oh, you can absolutely. when you, when you meet with an attorney. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is, you know, what we want to do in, in this, in our time together here really is we, we acknowledge this is, you know, definitely not probably the most joyous topic to cover. Um, we talk about estate planning, we talk about dying, we talk about all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. But these are conversations that are important to have because, you know, we want to make sure that you have the information that you need. And so I, I appreciate you kind of covering some of that stuff up. Sure. Um, when people do come to you, so when your potential clients do come to you, what are some of the common questions they have right up front? Well, some of the easy ones are, do you represent more men than women? Uh, no, it's basically, it's kind of half and half. I mean, some, some firms do market themselves that way, being like a, a dad's divorce firm or, or, sure. um, or, or maybe their reputation is representing more women, but we don't. I mean, I, I, I would say it probably does. It's pretty much 50-50. Um, does it matter who files first? Uh, mostly no, it really doesn't. It does not matter whether you're the plaintiff or the defendant. Um, and then a couple of just general questions I usually get are, you know, how can I get full custody or my spouse wants full custody or something along those lines with the, the buzzwords full custody. And I always have to tell people that there's no, I don't know what that means. There's no such thing as quote full custody. There is, there are two types of custody in New Jersey, legal custody, which is the ability to make decisions about a child's health, education, safety, welfare. Um, and physical custody, which is the actual amount of time that a child spends with a parent. So a lot of time when somebody comes in and says, I want full custody, I, I, I don't know what that means. And I have to sort of tease it out of them. And usually it doesn't mean that they don't want the other parent to see the child. Usually it means they want joint legal custody and the majority of parenting time. That's essentially usually what they're referring to. Um, so that's kind of a common misconception I get a lot. There's no such thing as quote full custody in New Jersey. I suppose you could call it that if, if one of the parents had no legal or physical custody, but in that, in that respect, then you would say that they have sole legal and physical custody, not full custody. So not to belabor that, but it's a common, it's a common thing that people um, ask me. Another common thing that people say is, you know, I know, you know, my, my spouse makes a lot of money. Um, but, you know, his, his accounts are only in his name or the house is only in his name or, or her name, not to stereotype, but his or her name, sole names. And titling, luckily or unluckily in New Jersey, doesn't, doesn't generally matter. So if you, um, if you buy a house when you're married and it just for some reason gets titled in one party's name, that doesn't mean that the other party doesn't have a stake in it or doesn't have an equitable distribution entitlement to it. Same goes for credit cards. People come in and say, well, he has no credit card debt because he pays his off monthly, but I have a credit card balance because I'm going to Home Depot and I'm buying cleats for the kids and all this stuff. And he's saying he won't pay it. Well, that's, that's really not how that works either because titling of assets and, and liabilities doesn't matter. So gen, as a general proposition. Um, so that's something that people are often surprised about uh, because I find that a lot of people do Google research or talk to sure. friends and family as I would expect them to do. And they don't get the right answers, unfortunately. And then they're panic stricken. And then sometimes I leave them feeling better or maybe a little bit worse than when they <laughs> came in. But, you know, unfortunately, 
you're paying me to give you an honest answer and my best assessment and, and not to, not to essentially blow smoke, you know, where, so sure. that's, well, we've even found on our side, it's amazing how much I remember when I shouldn't say, I remember when I'm a little too young for this, but I remember hearing when the internet really first became a thing and this information influx is all available at people's fingertips, at least in our industry. Oh, well, look, people can trade stocks. Now people can buy mutual funds. Now that, you know, this is going to spell the end of our industry. This is but the reality we found, I'm sure you're seeing the same thing, is that that overwhelming amount of information still mystifies people because they don't really understand how it applies to them and their exactly. situation. Just because yes. you have the information doesn't. I always use the example of like a scalpel. You know, you could buy a you could buy a bone saw off Amazon, <laughs> but if you don't know how to use it, that's not really going to help you very much. And, and it's the same Precisely. idea. I think. You know, knowing how to apply that stuff is, especially in something like this. That's like you said, it's a really important thing in somebody's life. Albeit maybe not the most, uh, like I said, positive thing in, in for everybody, but it's it's really important that you get it right because you only really have one shot, right? You can really put yourself up the river if you don't uh, treat yeah. it properly. And I'm a Google scholar like anybody else. You know, sure. if I have if I have a bad headache, I'm on Google, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm planning my my own funeral. And, yeah. But it's a bad idea. Google can be very helpful, obviously, but yeah. it's some, you know, it, it doesn't always give the right information. So it's, it's better to be armed with information from a professional that sounds self-serving, but you know, it really is. It's just, it's common sense. Yeah. It's our job. I would, you know, we, we do very specific things for clients, just like you do, you know, they're good at what they are. You know, a part of our mission statement is to, to help our clients make wise financial decisions so that they can pursue their passions and what they want to do with their time. Same idea. Yeah. You know, they, they it's, it's want to make sure that they're getting something from a professional who this is what we do all the time. You know, this is our, it's our expertise. So when I know there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what the process looks like and, and the first steps for taking the process, you outlined a few of them in our last bit of our conversation there, but is there anything else that you, people come in your office and you're just like, I wish everyone knew this before they got here. Uh, well, is there, <laughs> there is no mandatory waiting period really in New Jersey for a divorce. I mean, I've heard in some jurisdictions and I have a, a Pennsylvania license, but I don't practice there. And I, 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 I refer all my Pennsylvania cases out, but I, I think that there is even a waiting period there where you file for divorce and then your, your settlement gets approved and then it, you have to wait a certain amount of time. And Pennsylvania attorneys might be cringing. I could be completely wrong about that. <laughs> so uh, you, that you might want to Google. But um, in New Jersey, you know, if you have a settlement agreement and somebody files for divorce, you can be divorced in a matter of weeks. I mean, you can do it as long as everybody is playing ball with they're agreed. They're signing the documents that they need to sign to get a docket number from the court in order for the court to get you the divorce. And everybody kind of hurries. You can be divorced in a matter of weeks. There's nothing about this that has to be prolonged. What ends up being prolonged is the fact that people can't agree or they're involving, they're involving attorneys and, and for an attorney to do due diligence, they may need to exchange documents and do everything like that. But it does not have to be a painful process. And another thing painful or lengthy. And another thing that people seem to think is they say, well, you know, what will the judge do? And ideally you won't go before it. Ideally, the only time you'll even see a judge is when you're actually getting the divorce and the judge says, I'm granting your judgment of divorce. Ideally, the, the perfect scenario is that you settle everything with your spouse and you sign an agreement and 
there's no judge that's making any type of decision. When a judge is actually making a decision on substantive issues, it's either after a motion or after a trial. And, you know, those things happen, but ideally you wouldn't have them happen. So people should know that if you guys can settle, there is, you're you're not going to have to face a judge necessarily. And once you do, it'll be when the case is over and everybody's going on their merry way, hopefully to a happier future. Right. Right. Cause that's the ultimate goal of this. I'm sure is that, Obviously, there's there's an issue in somebody's life, in two people's lives. And the point is, at the end of the day, it might be difficult and painful during, but is that everybody ends up happier than they were before. And that's, that's the I'm goal. Sure that's, that's what you do, you know? And I, I tell people, I'm like, you know, Meghan Markle was divorced. And, yeah. and well, you know, now that she left the royal family and she gets a lot of bad, they get they both get a lot of bad press. I'm not sure she's the best example. But <laughs> yeah. when she was the, when she was actually a working royal and the duchess, I'm like, hey, she was she was married. She got divorced. She got married, you know, didn't have kids until, you know, late, you know, 37, 38, she sort of found her happy ending in her late thirties. And, and there is life after divorce is what I always try to tell people. And I have seen people do complete transformations. And it's a beautiful thing to see from coming to my office, crying, unable to keep it together during the appointment, really angry to, when the divorce is finally over, they're, they're honestly transformed. They're like a new person. They're excited about their, their future. They're not crying anymore. They're not angry. They may even be dating. And it really is a beautiful thing to see. That's awesome. That's good to yeah, hear that. It that, really is. That great is to see you know, that. Great. Good. Well, and you know, the, one of the things that I always tell people is a lot of people have, and I'm divorced. And so I get it. A mm-hmm. lot of people have a very, very, and I have a, a child and a lot of people have a very, very difficult time. They say, how am I not going to see my kid every day? I, I, what am I going to do? This is a nightmare. And I completely understand. And oftentimes, and I'll tell people, I, I say to them and they never believe me, but I said, you will get to a point where you're not going to love it hundred percent of the time, certainly, but you will get to a point where you enjoy the free time. You find other activities, you carve out a a life when you're not with your kids out of necessity or desire or whatever the case may be. And a lot of people end up adjusting to it and finding that the time they actually do spend with their kids now, which may be less, the quantity is less, but the quality is better. So we're kind Mm. of far afield from, well, I guess that is a misconception that they're not going to survive it, but they, but they do. And often I see people, you know, they, they really carve out a new life for themselves and it takes them places that they didn't expect. So that's another nice thing about it. And they actually come out better than what they went in, which is awesome. People want That's to be the hope. Right. I mean, you wouldn't uh-huh. you wouldn't get divorced with the hope that you'll be less happy. You know, of who course. would do that? So sure. that's the, that's the hope. Be yeah. bad for business. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, really, <laughs> really. Well, you know, as we think about some of the things you've shared here, do you have any tips for making this probably sometimes difficult process just as smooth as it can be for people? Well, some of it's obvious, you know, don't, don't post nasty stuff about your soon to be ex on Facebook where all of their family members and the ex can see it. I mean, it's, you know, people do, people can, can fall into petty behavior during this process that doesn't help anybody. Anything you can do to decrease the acrimony is good. And if that means that if you have attorneys, some people can talk to each other constructively about the case with the attorneys in the wings. Other people, it is not advised that they discuss the case at all because it's going to devolve. And you kind of just have to figure out which category you fall into because it, it might not be in your best interest to, especially if you're, if you're under the same roof during the pendency of this, mm-hmm. save the litigation talk for your attorneys and, and don't involve each other in it because 
kind of, you're kind of in survival mode and it's not going to help being under the same roof, bickering with somebody about a divorce. So that seeing a therapist is, they say that death, that divorce can be the most significant non-death experience that somebody goes through. So having somebody to talk to, I am not a therapist. People sometimes treat me like I am one, but I'm not. (laughs) And, um, and so having a therapist to talk through the confusion, the fear and everything else going on is important. Um, and just trying, it's, it's not always easy and I get it, especially when it takes two to tango, but trying to bring down the level of pettiness and acrimony and deal constructively, especially when you have kids in the mix is so incredibly important. Easier said than done. I get it, but people need to practice mindfulness on that issue. Almost try to picture and visualize what this will look like successfully two years or three years after the divorce is over. And what were your actions today? How will they affect that chances of that? Right. Well, exactly. Some of these, some of these cases get so ugly and not, I'm not saying it's the attorney's fault. I mean, sometimes we just have cases where the parties are like oil and water and they, they don't do anything to help themselves in the long run. Because at the end of the day, when the party's over, they're going to be the ones left with the hangover. They're going to be dealing with each other. If they have children in common for a God willing, a very long time. And, and it, it, when the divorce takes a really ugly, nasty turn, it takes, it can take years for those types of wounds to heal. So I would say just practice, practice mindfulness, talk to a therapist and do things that you enjoy to take your mind off the stress of it, because it is stressful, but it'll come to an end at some point, hopefully soon. Well, thanks for sharing all that, Alexandra. That was some really valuable information that I imagine people who are going through this or who are thinking about doing this, even just clearing up some of those misconceptions and, and giving them the right path to think about, to frame this in their minds. It's tremendously helpful. If, well, if people thank wanna, you. Yeah, absolutely. If and people you know, want to find I you. Inter- I hate to interrupt yeah, you, but another thing I actually wanted to say sure. for the tips, this, this will sound like I'm saying it just for your benefit, but I'm actually not. One of the things that can help people make is not a paid spokesperson. I am not a paid spokesperson. (laughs) I I don't mind being, if you'd like to send me a check, but one of the things that can help people is, you know, it's easy. You got your, you got your, your legal stuff covered with me. You got your emotional Mm -hmm. stuff covered with your therapist, get a financial advisor during the process who can advise you about what you should be seeking, what you should be doing. I mean, I can obviously advise somebody, Hey, you should, uh, you know, you're entitled to alimony in, in some amount and for, for a certain amount of years. And then a client will often say to me, well, I'd rather just have some cash up front, not the full amount, obviously, but, and I'll say, okay, we can negotiate that. But whether that's a, a good financial decision for you, I don't know. I'm not, because I'm not a financial advisor. And so a lot of people get financial advisors involved in the back end when the, the accounts are finally divided and now they're trying to pick up the pieces and grow their portfolio. But it would be a great idea to get you guys involved during the process, even to just look stuff over and give some advice and work in concert with me. So that was, that was one thing that I, that I wanted to mention, but again, awesome. I'm not a paid spokesperson, but no. I'll give you my, I'll, I'll email you my address and I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> turn the, the other check. cheek. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll send you cash. That was Venmo. You know what I mean? Uh, well, that was me. great. I, I really appreciate that, Alexandra. Uh, just overall, like I said, it was really giving people a good 
idea of what, what they're in for, how to make the best out of it, uh, and how to make it be as smooth as it can be. So thanks yep. so much. If people want to reach you, what's the best way to, to reach you? Um, well, my, <laughs> my direct line is uh, 856-857-5552. And then my email is a Rigdon, which is my name, a my first letter of my name, Rigdon, R-I-G-D-E-N at cooperlevinson.com. And because everyone gets this wrong, Levinson does not have an I in it. It is L-E-V-E-N-S-O-N. Um, and for the professionals out there, I am always open to having sort of, uh, you know, call, if you have a quick question, call me. I'm not going to send you a bill after the call. If you say, hey, I have a client going through a divorce. I just have a quick question. Call me because I'm, I'm happy to be a resource for people. And I'm also nice. happy to, you know, for people that might be mulling over some type of family law issue, obviously. We are, we are open for business despite the never ending quarantine. So mm -hmm. yes. Well, that was awesome. Thanks so much again for spending the time with us today. And thank, thank you guys. Yeah, definitely. And thank you for listening. Uh, those of our listeners out there, I believe we're up to episode eight or nine now. So we really appreciate the support. I hope you're getting a lot of value out of the things that we're sharing, the professionals that we're connecting you with. And in general, if you like what you're listening to, please hit subscribe so you get a notification every time we drop a new episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM Investment Advisors, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at www.hfmadvisors.com. The spoken advice in this podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, an independent registered investment advisor. Please note registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. All investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. There is no guarantee that any strategy will be successful.